Welcome to the FPS podcast series. This is podcast number 38. We're going to talk cost escalation and construction contracting. My name is Todd Hatherly, and I'm the Director of Programming for Federal Publications Seminars. We're a leader in federal government contract training and professional development for the past 60 years. And every year, Fed Pubs trains thousands of businesses, federal agencies, and individuals on the legal, regulatory compliance, and accounting nuances found in the federal regulations through nationwide classroom, online, and in-house sessions. These are just a small sampling of important content you as a contracting professional can expect from attending an FPS program. Whether you're in person or on live, li- online, live or on demand, you cannot find another source with the breadth and depth of experience, knowledge, and content anywhere. So please visit us at fedpubseminars.com for more information. Today joining me is Jim Newland, and he's with the law firm Cypher Shaw. As mentioned, this is about cost escalation and construction contracting. How are you doing today, Jim? I'm doing well, Todd. Thanks. Well, great. Want to talk about first of all, how did we get here about with cost escalation, and what are some of the causes of this escalation that make it such a focus now? Yeah, great question. I mean, cost escalation isn't a new topic these days, but it certainly has taken taken on increased awareness, mainly due to COVID nineteen. But stepping back for a moment, you always have trade issues and tariffs. For instance, in November 2021, the current administration essentially doubled the tariff on Canadian softwood lumber. And I think anyone in the construction industry is aware of the cost impact on lumber, particularly in residential construction these days. But of particular focus now are the supply chain problems that have arisen mainly from COVID-19. And COVID-19, of course, had impacts on manufacturing itself as opposed to the supply chain delivery logistics issue. So from the manufacturing standpoint, when COVID hit, we had manufacturers having to guess about what demand would be like. And so some of them scaled back demand and then compounding the problem, they had COVID issues to deal with, with their workforce or their labor force. So you had people out for COVID, you had COVID restrictions on in the workplace, or even if they weren't restrictions, they were implemented to protect workers. In any event, the effect of that was a downturn in manufacturing, which of course affects supply. And then you've got certainly the transportation and logistical problems that have arisen. So all of that taken together has brought a renewed focus on cost escalation for construction. So how have the owners, contractors, and subcontractors reacted to the this escalation? Well, there are some thoughtful reactions and some kind of knee-jerk reactions. I think the knee-jerk reaction for folks that aren't really thinking it through very clearly is to have an undisclosed contingency in their contract. So, for example, a contractor bidding a project or a subcontractor bidding to a general contractor or even a supplier giving pricing to a sub or a general might say, look, I don't know where my pricing is going to end up in the short term or the long term. So if I know I can get materials today or I can produce materials or or products today for X amount, I'm gonna add 20% on the cost just to protect myself, okay? Nothing wrong with doing that. The downside, of course, in doing that is, number one, it's an undisclosed contingency in a lump sum bidding situation. Owners don't necessarily get accurate pricing. And what I mean by that is, one contractor may include an undisclosed contingency of a say $125,000. Another contractor may say, well, look, 
I, I really want this project. I'm not going to have a contingency at all. Others may have a contingency amount that's different. And so it's hard to have accurate bidding or compare apples to apples when you're evaluating bids under that type of situation. In addition to that, if price escalation doesn't happen and a contractor has a large contingency in its bid, then that goes certainly straight to profit and the owner doesn't get any value out of it. Think about the rationale for something like the differing site conditions clause where we're trying to avoid windfalls and disasters. So the initial kind of thought is let's use an undisclosed contingency, but there are probably some other approaches. So are there more thoughtful approaches to dealing with the risk of price escalation? Yeah, there are certainly other approaches to deal with. And I think picking up on what we were just talking about with undisclosed contingencies, you can certainly have a disclosed contingency. That's a very easy way to deal with this situation. And so what we mean by that is an owner and a contractor can sit down either during the bidding period or after the bidding period so that you've got bids without contingencies, but when you're negotiating, right, assuming it's not a public project where you've got a closed bid and it's automatically acceptable, you'd have to deal with it in the pre-bid period in that scenario. But in a private context, certainly you could sit down after the fact and say, look, we're concerned about price escalation. Let's include a disclosed contingency. We'll come up with an amount and if price escalation happens, we'll charge cost to that contingency. To do that, of course, you need to set a rational baseline price. And so it can be a challenge sometimes for an owner to get a handle on that. Certainly not insurmountable, but that's one way, and that is to, to include a disclosed contingency. Another way is to come up with a contract clause. Now, those of you familiar with the AIA documents will recognize, of course, that there isn't a price escalation clause or an option for one in the AIA documents. That doesn't mean you can't come up with your own. One thing you could use as a guide if you're not using consensus documents as your baseline documents anyway, is to note that consensus docs 200.1 is an amendment that can be used by parties for price escalation. And so if you're using consensus documents and you wanna deal with price escalation in a thoughtful way, you could certainly look to consensus docs 200.1, that amendment. And so conceptually, what we're talking about in that scenario is we can reach agreement on price direction, either on a percentage basis or on a time basis or a combination of the two. And Todd, what I mean by that is on a percentage basis and just talking very simply here, there are many ways to skin this cat, so to speak. But conceptually, the contractor could say, look, I will take and my subcontractors most likely will take the first 10% of price escalation, and they'll build that into their pricing, of course. And the owner will take any price escalation over 10%. And so you'd establish the baseline pricing in the contract and then deal with the price escalation percentages later. That's a shared risk approach. Similarly, you could not deal with percentages at all, but simply say the contractor and its subcontractors and suppliers will take the risk of price escalation during the first you know, 90, 120 days, six months, whatever you come up with of contract performance time. And so you've got a temporal approach, meaning we're not concerned about the amount of the adjustment at all, but the timing of that price escalation. Okay. You can also do a combination of both. Uh, you know, the, the, there really isn't a limitation on your creativity here. 
as long as you come up something that works for both the owner and the contractors. Of course, from the owner's perspective, the real issue is trying to come up with an accurate baseline price. Another approach, Todd, I think you could think about is using allowances for materials or unit prices. You know, that's it can be a bit problematic when you've got, you know, a large project with a, a lot of products and materials being used. But you could certainly um, consider using allowances and unit pricings, essentially setting a market price at the time of bidding and then adjusting costs as they're incurred, either upward or downward, I might add. And that would apply to any of these scenarios, potentially, um, as those prices are incurred or encountered during the performance period. So backing up for a second, anytime we're talking about a price increased, a thoughtful owner might say, yes, I'll negotiate a price increase, but we also need to consider a downward adjustment if your prices go down. Next, Todd, I think you could consider a sunset provision. Most contractors would uh, include this type of provision in their contracts or their bids anyway. A lot of subcontractors do. And so you might say, look, our bid is only good for 60 days because we can only hold our pricing for that long. Um, that's an easy one. Getting into the more complicated aspects here, for sophisticated owners, I think you could also consider early procurement and storage of materials. You know, there are a couple ways to deal with that. One, talking about a power project, Owners could typically purchase equipment, turbines, et cetera, early on because they're going to take time to fabricate. That same concept can be applied to other materials that are going to be used, commodities, equipment. The owners can buy those, and then they would become owner-furnished material supplied to the contractor during the project. You could also engage a contractor during pre-construction services to work with the owner to line those things up, line up the purchase orders. Again, taking it one step further, if the owner knows it's going to deal with a particular specialty subcontractor during the construction period, it could line up that specialty subcontractor. Of course, it would probably force that relationship on the ultimate general contractor it selects. But that specialty subcontractor could purchase materials in advance and the owner would pay for them. The thing there, two things come to mind. You got to deal with the cost of storage, right? You got to store the materials so they don't degrade. And that could be a potential, potential large cost, depending on the amount of materials you're talking about. And the owners will also want to think about the warranty period. When does the warranty period start? You want to be thoughtful about that and have a contract provision that, that would probably commence the warranties at substantial completion rather than delivery of the materials because they're not going to be installed for potentially uh, months, if not a year later. And then finally, Todd, I think if you've got phased construction, in, in other words, you either have a multiple prime contract or you're letting packages under contract, for instance, for foundations, for structural steel, building envelope, interiors, you can deal with price escalation in a way that doesn't tie everything up in one contract at the beginning of the project. But if you've got phased construction and by extension, phased execution of contracts, the price escalation can kind of take care of itself. So I think Todd, that kind of sums up some of the basic ways that people can more thoughtfully address price escalation. Excellent. I I find this very fascinating because you really, as a 
whether you're the owner or the contractor, subcontractor, you really need to do your, your due diligence and figure out what's the best and do the analysis, right? So make sure that uh, you can determine which method of to deal with the price changes. To yeah, take. that's a, that's a great observation. I think owners really need to be thoughtful. Owners in particular, because it's easy for an owner to say, I don't want any risk. I want the contractor to take all the risk. But when they do that, they've got to recognize that contractors have to price that. And many times that may not be advantageous to the owner when a shared risk approach might be better suited. And I suppose a lot has to determine the uh, the length of time for the construction project as well. Time and materials is what it comes down to. Exactly. Yeah. Jim, thank you for your time today. I appreciate it. So if any of our listeners want to talk a little bit more about cost escalation or anything on construction contracting, how would they get a hold of you? Sure. Our Cyfarth construction team, happy to help any owners, contractors, specialty subcontractors on projects. You can reach me at J-N-E-W-L-A-N-D at Cyfarth.com. That's S-E-Y-F-A-R-T-H.com. Or my phone number is 202-828-3550 and happy to help. Great. Jim is a uh, instructor for FedPubs, uh, teaches a number of courses, including a master's in government and construction contracting, a concentrated course, as well as a claims course. And uh, we, uh, if you haven't seen, he's an excellent instructor and we, we like, we'd like to see him on our uh, faculty list and teaching those courses. And we appreciate that. Thank um, you very much, Todd. Yeah, absolutely. As always, uh, if you have topics you wanted to cover in the podcast, please send me a note at Todd at FedPubSeminars.com. Really, until next time, stay safe, keep your distance, and read the FAR.